0: You know it's on now, right? After it goes three, two, one. Oh,
1: hi. Hey, everybody. How are you? We're back. Rashma. Why are you wearing hall. yellow? You matched me. I was wearing this all day. It's not yellow. It's tan.
0: You know. Um,
1: the, looks, the, you literally saw me. And you wore the same thing.
0: No, yes, that's not true. I have many side. yellow shirts. i have never seen you wear yellow. I have a question for you. Do you know that most men, after the age of forty-five, wear are, yellow? Wear yellow?
1: Ew, really?
0: No. Most men after the age of forty-five are colorblind, like yeah. half a men, some crazy percentage. And so, literally, this these this look no, like this, this looks like the same color to me. Yes,
1: yeah, this is the same
0: exact color. Hi, what do you guys everybody. Think? This is the same color. They're both yellow.
1: We are back. And you copied last me. week the week, week we had that little incident where I couldn't get on.
0: Uh, yeah, no. yeah. You that you had IT issues like two weeks ago. Actually, last no. week we we're off because uh, we were traveling, and then you know you've had a busy month with. Um, A lot of stuff, a lot of speeches, a lot of talks, a lot of commencement speeches at universities, that kind of thing. So now you're getting back into deep deep rowing, right?
1: Back into deep rowing. We are here all summer long. No breaks, no nothing. Let us know who you want to hear from, who you want us to talk to.
0: This is episode 14.
1: Wow, that's crazy. Uh,
0: We got a good, funny comment. Colorblind explains my husband's clothing choices. I
1: wish it explained mine. Who doesn't like to dress appropriately or nicely
0: no you have a very good wardrobe with rent the runway and all this Me, stuff Me, not on. you
1: i'm so you don't yeah like
0: yeah to. i don't like to you
1: don't like to. anyway let's call in our guests
0: so actually hi uh, ashley ashley hey,
1: Ashma. Hey,
0: hey ashley so this is actually uh one of the first times this has happened on this show uh ashley reached out to us over email um to introduce herself and uh a fan uh i think of the podcast we 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 will we will we will find that out in a second but she uh had an extraordinarily impressive background uh she's been in crypto for eight years one of the first employees at consensus and been doing amazing things since that she'll tell us all about Um, but she's like yo i want to be on your podcast and we were like uh yes please yes please be on our podcast so i need to ask you first like how did you hear about the podcast And then I need a letter grade of the podcast. All
2: right. Well, I definitely heard about it from other people in the space who were saying that y'all are covering stuff that's relevant to the work that I'm doing. And then when I looked at the list of your guests and I noticed a lot of people that I recognize, including Jalik, who's an investor in ours, and Maggie Love, who. It's just a friend and colleague in the space who I think is doing great work, and I just felt like it was a good time to share my own perspective about where I see things headed so that we can actually live up to the potentials of what the space
1: can be. Amazing. So where are you, where are you talking to us from? I love your background.
2: Okay, Mexico, Right? Yep, I'm in my office in Taos, New Mexico.
1: Wow. That's a
0: real background, not a virtual background.
1: I know. Today, I, I was, <laughs> who knows? Was, bathroom was so beautiful. I thought it was a virtual one, but it was real.
0: I think now is the trend back to real it's like a slow on ramp back to IRL so it's like everybody was like virtual virtual like look at I'm on the craziest beach in the world and then they're like then this is the transition now I'm going to do real backgrounds and then eventually it'll be back to real life eventually it'll be back to real life I think I don't
1: know so Ashley tell us a little bit how did you get into crypto
2: yeah so I was working at a think tank in 2014 and We were tasked with looking at what are all the prototypes of the future? Um, What are the things that we can do to think about solving inequality and climate change at their root? And right at that same time was when the Ethereum white paper was released. And in our small little think tank of about three people, we talked a lot about, about building decentralized applications that would bring people together to cooperate and build new types of economic frameworks. And... I realized that it was very, very early before we could start to build those types of systems, and also realized it was best to just get involved and help shape it from the inside. So I met uh, Joseph Lubin at one of the first Ethereum meetups that happened in the in the city, in New York City, and joined Consensus shortly after that as the first employee.
1: Wait, I want, so I want to say this back here. So you're working on new disruptive systems. The white paper comes out, and do you read it? And do you see the connection to what could be, you know, greater equality immediately, or, or how did that come to you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I started thinking about um, basically the system that I'm building today, which is called Resource, um, and basically it's a way for communities to organize their resources, their skills, their time without needing any upfront cash. So I started envisioning a system where people could say participate participate and help build a a community event that was going to happen and they would earn some credits for doing that work and then other people in the community will accept those types of credits so it's similar to these community currency systems that we've had in the past i think the difference with blockchain is you can see the scalability of those across many different contexts because now we have ways to trust each other in a whole bunch of different environments not just in one local community
0: I so wanted, cool. yeah, I wanted to loop back to an earlier question. What what kind of letter grade would you give the podcast? Oh
2: <laughs> well, I, I think that just because of the topic and the intention, we're going to get an A-plus just for doing it. Yes! <laughs> but I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, it's really a tough space to be in. I mean, I've been in and out of the space a few times because of the difficulty with relating to other people and the intentions that... The space is attracted um so i think this is a really much needed oh. So tell, let's
1: talk about that so you've like so you enter this space because you're thinking about like transparency and equality and how to build new systems and then you, so you feel like in this and you've kind of i guess you said you're, you're, you've moved in and out well what are what are what are some of the pieces that you find that you're just like okay we're on a different page here because i wonder if that's connected to some of the you know some of the essential shit, you know that crypto basically gets you know yeah thought i turned that off
2: um yeah so essentially i think you can boil it down to people that are here to build for the long term people that are here to build systems that actually have these end goals in mind versus the types of people that the space is attracted who are here to make a quick buck or to kind of play a game and not to say that like video games are bad i mean a game in the sense of um an economic game that kind of rewards only the players who are designing it, rather than sees this movement as building a game that's actually rewarding other people that are participating, not just those who are designing it. And I think that we haven't yet seen a movement that's more focused on that long-term approach. Um, And because of that, it's been difficult for me until now, building my own project and also with, I think, the timing of the world to see how needed this kind of approach is um, to feel that the space is actually um, recip- re- receptive to what I'm
1: building. Do you think it will eventually happen or, or could it not happen? Could it constantly be, well, I guess one would argue that if, it, if you're just trying to play a quick game to get paid, then maybe your days are numbered, right?
2: Yeah. I actually just wrote an op-ed and submitted it that talks about has DeFi jeopardized its potential. And I really feel that we do have another chance to actually show that decentralized systems have a lot of um, benefits to our society going forward. But I think that if we do the casino one more time, and have a bunch more headlines, hurt a bunch more people, show people that this is just about making money, it's really gonna limit the potential of this. I mean, I'm even thinking about in my own work and people that I do know in the space thinking this way, starting to rebrand what we're doing. I mean, we talk about cryptocurrency and when you break that down, it means these like secretive systems. So we don't have to trust each other. And I actually think maybe there's a rebrand around what about people that do want to trust each other and not necessarily be secretive, but have our privacy protected. So I do think there's still that potential, um, but I think in terms of the global implications that we want this to have in a manner that happens relatively soon, we have to kind of get our shit together. How does that happen? <laughs> like,
0: um, how, it's, well, it's, well, it's,
1: it's like a, I'm, I'm like you're talking. It's like I'm thinking about like our democracy. You know what I mean? Which is so kind of fundamentally well, broken. Well, you know and, what's happening like, now. It seems I, like it's
0: so hard. I think it's like the natural evolution of like like tech cycles and innovation cycles, which is like what's happened in the past kind of two months. Like that's what's happened. Like there was a crash, and like tourists are gone. You know what I mean? The tourists are gone, and so like the builders like Ashley are here. And like, that's what will happen. Like the true founders and developers and builders of these innovation cycles, like don't leave, like, you know, like they're, they're here to say, here to say, and actually it's a much better time to build because there's a lot less noise. And, um, right. Ashley, I mean, what do you think about like the current environment with, you know, relative to what you're doing?
2: Well, I think to also, I'll answer that in a second, but to bring it back, how does it happen? I think Girls Who Code is a great example. It's starting to invest in education, and it's starting to say, if we want to actually grow the potential of this space, and this is what we do at Resource, we educate people about fundamentally what is a blockchain, not what is the investment opportunity, not what blockchain should you look at. Fundamentally, what are we talking about here? Then we talk about what resource is, basically a system where we can pay each other in a credit that we're backing with our own goods and resources. And then we say, what could you do with the system? And by taking that approach, people actually come up with their own ideas of what they wanna build and how they see the space going forward. And so I think it's about empowering people to know that this is still a very, very early movement and also empowering them to understand that we have the ability to design systems differently. Like I think a lot of people today feel trapped. You work at a major company, you work in a bank, you have short-term quarterly shareholder reports, and you don't want to disappoint. And we're trapped in that system. And to get out of that system, we could talk about how do we build a better one? So then we have to get buy-in and education and
1: talk about building a better one. Hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating because I feel like the two people have, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think people, it's so much, we're just in a space right now. I think people feel so disempowered to feel like they can even build a better system, um, but almost I was, I was someone was saying this, like, there's only there's only about like five hundred thousand crypto transactions ever made, or you know, and so the community is still actually quite small. And if you like follow what Nahal was saying too, and say, well, now a bunch of people who are like just in it for the scam left, it's even smaller now. Well, they lost. Who's un- left.
0: Unfortunately, you know, a lot of folks like Luna, for example, they people lost a lot of money. And and by the way um you know we feel really badly for folks that have literally put all their fortunes in crypto and have gotten really burnt and so you know if anybody's listening out there like you know we talked about this a little bit with Nas last week two weeks ago like you know you know we feel really really bad about that gary v from the onset when he was talking about nfts said that you know he attributed over 90 percent fail rate to these things and he's telling folks as he's promoting nfts obviously uh That, like, yeah, 90% of this is going to fit, like, you're going to lose 90% of your money here. Right. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I think maybe that goes back to your education, Ashley. And sorry to like harp on like the, um, you know, the money side of things, because that's what we're trying to get away from. But like, you know, that education that resource is, you know, providing can potentially be a great guideline for people not to fall into these traps right? And they actually know what they're doing. So they're just like, hey, Luna, like everybody, let's go. And then the next day, it's like, oh, shit, like, uh, all my money's gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, money is also oftentimes the easiest thing to understand, right? Which is why it's like, if you break it down to its base level, it's like, it's a coin that you can make money from, you know?
0: Well, every well, to- cycle, oh, sorry, go ahead, Ashley.
1: Well, yeah, and to talk about that idea of
2: um, now the builders are left in the space. And I think that's true. But I think also there's a lot of people that are building systems of the future outside of crypto that don't even know about crypto. And that's who the space needs to connect with and educate. So these are like the community organizers, people who are trying to like improve their local governments, those types of people who are already thinking in that way about how do we better coordinate humans? How do we better coordinate and share our resources? That's who the crypto space should be connecting with. And that's actually what we're doing in our work
1: so interesting you say that i'm working on a project with a bunch of like amazing women about creating you know what could crypto do in terms of the abortion debate and how could we fund you know emergency funds to women to organizations that really need it but yeah we're coming at it from like wanting to solve a problem and saying is this a a way that we could actually create a new community around or create you know i mean think about the building of social movements and the seeding of social movements differently, because now, you know, I would argue social movements are basically seeded by very powerful people who have money that choose which ones to give money to and which ones not to give money to. So, you know, you need some decentralization to that in order to uh, like lift every boat.
2: Yeah, totally. And that's a really cool example of how we should be designing systems when we think about how do we incentivize a lot of people to collaborate in a social movement right now and you're right the reason that the space has been about money is because decentralization is all about power and money is what has given the world power today so it makes sense to me that the first wave of cryptocurrency spoke in this language which is money which everyone understands is power but i think now we're realizing the limits of keeping with that approach because we're realizing that it's not actually going to enable us to build a system for the long term. So I think the next language is around movements and participation.
1: Right, and how you connect people in, 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 in different ways and build community. Uh, that's really, really, really interesting. And uh, perhaps
2: give them equity or ownership or however you wanna use the word equity in the broad sense, not in the way that we use it in the financial markets, in the communities that they're participating in.
1: Why do you, so, so you think the reason why the first kind of um, innovations in this space were around money was because that's the way that it's following kind of like the, the capitalist structure.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my more optimistic viewpoint. There's You can also just say that, you know, humans have some issues right now around greed and corruption and ego that we really have to deal with personally before we can really build better systems. And I think that's more at the, the root of the problem
1: right i mean even if you think my nfts people are looking for things that look like that and that's like all ego but it was just really fascinating
0: what are you talking about nobody's ever bought a chain runner uh avatar and made it their profile photo that looks like me
1: you bought one your first NFT that you bought was the one that you thought i'm the most- calling
0: myself out oh, and yeah, being yeah. sarcastic okay <laughs> um well you know the internet revolution uh, there's always that thing that's like the tip of the spear that gets like all these people into a you know another type of innovation cycle started so saying that so much but like in the internet like web one was like driven by porn it's like oh my god like you know great, and then by analogy. the way like all of the you know literally cloud and um you know systems of storage and like you know like bbs's that like modems that had to support the, the transfer of porn had to like get that pushed the, the cycle up like you had 1200 baud modem 2400 baud modem 9600 baud modems because people wanted porn faster essentially and that's what created like anyway v1 of internet now obviously is a lot more than that but there's that like one use case that like people are rushing towards where like and so yeah So for for crypto it's it's, you know, it, it's, it's been, money it's been it's been money it's been gambling and I think a lot of people have gotten burned on that but like beyond that you know let's talk about you know blockchain as like a fundamental shift in computing and maybe like ashley parlay that into like what resource is doing yeah totally
1: before you answer that i would love to ask you the question what do you make of the gleefulness and the downfall of crypto like I was watching, you know, the news and they're like, you know, these five celebrities were all about crypto, and we've tried to get a comment from them, but none of them, you know, so what 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 is it also about um, the 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 lack of desire about creating new systems?
2: I think it's the hive mind mentality. I mean, I think the crypto space is very intoxicating, especially if you don't have a strong will around why you're there in the first place. And I think a lot of people came in the early wave when I joined that were more idealistic. And then very quickly, as there started to be this validation in the terms of dollar signs, it became difficult for people to adhere to those original motivations. Then you had a lot more people coming in. And so the social aspect of the space formed around, you know, we're all gonna make it. And that's still where we are Today And not to say that all of that is negative, because there are positive aspects of that that we want to apply to the future. Um, But I think that the reason it's become so ingrained is just because it's like any other movement. People kind of solidify around similar language, similar terminology, and it feels strange to be an outsider.
1: Amazing.
0: Resource.
1: Resource. Tell us everything about it.
2: Yeah, so resource is, and it goes back to your questions before, I still think that the blockchain movement is about money, it's just about better money. And it's more about decentralized money. And so what we've seen so far, is that the way that you can participate in crypto, you either already have to kind of be an investor, you either already have to have some money to play with, uh, you have to have some time on your hands, you have to have some education experience, and then desire, like you have to have desire to want to think like a finance person. And there's a lot of people in the world that don't either have this time, don't have that experience, and also don't want to do that. They want to be an artist. They really don't want to think about finance. And so resource and really what I think how cryptocurrency should be designed um, is bringing the benefits down to someone who just wants to use something and access the benefits and not think about how it works. So fundamentally, it's a mutual credit system. Mutual credit is, say that all three of us are on the network, we don't have to have any cash to start. We just have to have our podcast hosting skills, um, our educational skills, um, our farming products that we have. And we each purchase from each other. And when we make a purchase, one of us goes in the negative, the person who purchased, and the other person who is providing the goods or services now has new currency. That currency gets minted or created at the point of the transaction. So it didn't exist before. And now the person who has the negative balance can pay that back when anyone else buys from them. So this is essentially a like future barter system, you could call it. So what's really cool about it is we can all pay each other in a stable currency, which we call the resource dollar. But again, we don't have to buy the resource dollar, we just have
1: to start participating. Right, so like how, okay, so this would work is like essentially you got podcast skills. In the halls of photographer. I know how to write, and so you come to me and you say, "Great, I'd like to buy your writing skills." I go in the negative. You get something uh, from me, and and then but and you then go in the positive. If you, I go in the positive. positive. <laughs> so now, right, I go in the positive. You then get to use my writing skills or whatever. Right, I, I do something for you. Uh, and now how do I go, how do I, how do I use that?
2: So then you would use that if say um, Nihal had some groceries that you wanted right. to buy from. And so you could use that currency in that way. So essentially, rather than going to get a loan from the bank, we're getting a loan from a community that's offering goods and services to each other.
1: That's amazing.
0: And then you have your own um, token.
2: Yeah. Right? So we, and we call this a stable coin. Yeah, we call it a stable credit rather than a stable coin because stable coin implies that it's um, backed in a certain way. Ours are actually backed by the users of the system who are backing it with their own products and services.
1: How do you um, validate the products and services?
2: Yeah. So we have a application process, which currently we, the core team set up. Um, And basically it's very simple. As long as you can prove that you're a business who, that you say you are, um, you're in a certain location, uh, you provide something that the network wants. So say that you provide connection with extraterrestrial uh, entities, we may not have someone in the network that wants that today. So um, you may still get accepted in the network and you can offer those goods and services, but you may not get a credit line, which would mean that you could start to spend these resource dollars before you earn them from other members in the network. So essentially it's open to anyone who joins, who's not trying to harm the system, who's not um, uh, being a spammer or fraud. The next step of this is actually decentralizing that process of deciding who joins the network, how much of a credit line that they get. And that's part of our token model. Um, But ultimately this is an open source platform that anyone will be able to take and create their own sort of version of this.
0: Wow, this is super cool. Um, what are like.
2: It's like a commune. <laughs> I mean, well, it could be, well, you, you well, could well, make well, it a dictatorship style, too. It's really up to the well, person who's using the code. Um, but I think it's more like. I think of it as it's, combining. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's,
0: it's Adam Newman. We're watching We Crash. We're yeah. a little bit late to the party, but like, that's his whole We Work kind of thing. It's a
2: kibbutz. <laughs> we got like upcycled capitalism because it's not. Uh, it's not socialist in the sense that everybody's kind of getting the same. Yeah. You still have market
1: dynamics. So you, yeah. you could still could have someone who has a, something that everybody wants. And that yeah. person would have the most powerful good. Right. Is this working And is it happening live? I yeah. Yeah.
0: What's kind of the traction and the most common like transactions in the barter. Yep.
2: Yeah, so the most common transactions are groceries. That's, but that's actually a good thing because that's supporting our local food systems, which is what we want. Um, We launched in Asheville, North Carolina last summer. Now someone has launched a network in Austin, Texas, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we have a few other places that are just about to get going. Um, There's about 425 businesses that I looked at today. Um, And one of the things that people are using it for is actually giving their employees resource dollars so then the re- the employees use those resource dollars to cover additional basic needs. Uh, wow. Groceries, childcare, cleaning services, um, which are a way for them, the employer to raise wages in a time where we are experiencing a lot of economic difficulty, especially for small businesses who's our target audience. Can you give us like a typical a use case then? Like
1: walk, walk people through it?
2: Yeah, so uh, say that you're a local grocery store. You join resource, you would get a credit line and maybe you make some sales that day where someone in the community finds out that you're on resource now and they send you resource dollars that um, they they can then use at your grocery store. The grocery store can then use those resource dollars and give them to their employees each month, which effectively is raising their wages as a way to essentially barter on credit for those um, wage raise
1: that they can use whatever they want. Yeah, whatever. That's it. So interesting.
0: Yeah, it's very cool. And, uh, who's running resources, just uh, how many folks on the team and, um, you started it last summer. Are you guys, uh, funded?
2: Yeah. So, um, the two co-founders that are remaining are me and David Casey. We had two co-founders before that, Um, have stepped back. And then the team is about 15 people, including some part-time folks. And uh, we're really focused on turning this into more of an ambassador-driven program, meaning that it's not up to us to launch new networks and focusing on this being a protocol and an open source, pretty much like toolkit, but really easy to use. You don't have to be technical where you could say, I'm in Chicago and I want to start a network for people to trade basically benefits to each other's employees, something like that. And so we're developing even like go-to-market strategies as part of that toolkit.
0: How do you make money on that? Or is that even like a, I know we've been talking about a lot of different money topics today, cri- cryptocurrency, but like, is that a, you know, KPI for you? And like, like, are you in the middle of the transaction basically?
2: Yeah, I guess I, so, and then you asked if we were funded. So yeah, we did raise investment over the last couple of years. years. Um, and then we do have a live token. So the token basically represents being able to collect transaction fees from the network from people who are accessing credit. So going back to that model of say that all of us are swapping credit amongst each other, but we're not finance people. So we don't really know how to do things like evaluate risk. So in the background, there are these people who are basically staking, which means locking up some capital to say, I think this business should be able to have a credit line of this. but it's only about like 10 to 20 percent of the actual credit line that the business is earning which is why this is more uh, democratizing the access to credit and then whenever you the business are making a transaction you're paying right now it's a two percent transaction fee that's going to possibly that person that stake or that underwriter pool we call it that staked you um, possibly to other parties you could think of like on uh, WordPress, how you can buy a certain template for your software. You know, it could be going to someone who's who built the marketplace that you're using, or it could be going to someone we call an ambassador, the person who actually curated a marketplace and brought you to the network. So
1: what? So you know, go ahead. You do one and I'll do one. Go ahead. There no, you go. Oh, so you know, as we're we're wrapping up here, what do you what do you hope? What's what's what are you hopeful about?
2: Yeah, I'm hopeful. hopeful. Um, I am definitely hopeful because I think that because of the situation that the world is in, I don't think we're headed to better economic times in the macro system. Um, I think that we're in a moment where people are realizing that our foundations are very shaky, politically, economically, which they go hand in hand. And I'm hopeful because I've gotten to a point with resource where we're pretty close to having something that's open sourceable, where we don't really even need to be facilitating the process. So all that's really left then is education and community building. And I'm hopeful that we're in a phase where there's a few other projects that are in that place as well, that we actually have a lot of tools. And so really all I think is needed is more community building. And just from my experience of talking to a lot of people recently on the ground and moving into this educational approach um, and their receptivity to that, I'm hopeful because I think people are ready for it.
1: And when you think about the community, is it diverse?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So right now we're focused on local communities in the US. Um, We're focused on small businesses, which is a diverse group of people, freelancers. Um, Next year, we really wanna help launch a market in Kenya Um, because that's a really exciting place for us to explore. Actually, how do you finance infrastructure when you don't have a functioning government, uh, developing infrastructure in certain locations? Uh, but ultimately, like I said, the community in my mind will come from partnering with other existing communities that want to then bring something like this to their network.
0: I, I want to connect you, by the way, with um, with Shivani and Ajay Rajani at Tala, T A L A, which uh, it's an incredible company in LA that you know started out by essentially assessing and giving credit to the unbanked. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. in various parts of the world, uh, started in parts of Africa, Philippines, India. Um, but I think there could be something interesting there where you could tap into their community and, and maybe well, they I've, could even I, help promote resources.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to learn from that from that whole like um credit from the unbanked um well actually this was a wonderful conversation thank you so I learned so much
0: yeah you know it's cool actually having uh founders on because yeah it's um, really
1: interesting because
0: actually just showing like like getting a glimpse into like actually the specific area they're innovating on you know like actually helps inspire so many other founders and that's you know you can read it in the name like deep brown crypto like that's the purpose here is like you know we're we're we're, we are hopeful that, and we're seeing the gains of diversity in web three over web two, you know, I think that's happening. And Ashley, you know, you reached out to us cold, which is like, amazing and epic that like, you know, that, 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 that folks are starting to see this podcast as like that platform. Um, But then now to inspire so many other people, having amazing founders like you on board, right, to like, actually tell people what you're building, why you're fired up, where you came from, you know, what the future holds. It's going to inspire the whole next class. And so like, pers- thank you so much yeah, you thank know, you. And for, the- for your work and, and obviously for your time today. And
1: the perseverance, right? Of like, I think people, the skepticism and then coming back and like refusing to basically seed it to its lowest base. So I think that that's awesome. Um, thank you, Ashley. Have an amazing weekend. Thank you both. Nice Bye. Bye-bye.